Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He got it! Finds the hero! Manu, what's he done there? He sold the dummy with a knee injury! And he's going to get Well, you better believe it. January 7, we're kicking off the Supercoach 365 podcast for season 2023. For us, it's season three. We're back. Ryan Solvich, Tommy Hudson here with you to talk plenty heading into the new year of the NRL. Tommy, how are you? Good, mate. It's good to be back. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's been a long time since we last spoke Supercoach. It's been a pretty short off season. But yeah, we're only two months out. As we say, uh, it's all about to get started yet again. So let's get stuck into it. Yeah, short off-season, as you say there. We're heading into the biggest uh, year of NRL, at least in uh, our recent memory anyway. 17 teams this year. I'm sporting number 17, the Dolphins. I'm getting behind them. Tommy, you're sticking solid to your Raiders. Uh, Look at this. I'm looking forward to this year for so many reasons, not least uh, the impacts of the 17th team. We're going to get into all of that. On this episode here tonight, we're going to talk fixtures, buys. We're going to obviously dive into the team picker as well as your Q&As towards the back end of the podcast. If you are new here, though, turn on your notifications. You can get us on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, YouTube if you're watching us here now. Subscribe, 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 because it's going to be a massive month coming up. The trials are just five weeks away, Tommy, and plenty of content between now and then. Yeah, and I think Supercoach content is probably most important in this you know, month or two leading up to the season. Everyone's trying to get their team sorted, get all the information they can. We'll be providing as much as we can and a much, hopefully, good opinion as we can over the next eight weeks. I think between us both, uh, this obviously our third season, as we say there. Uh, I got the Cherries uh, season 2021. Yourself, season 2022, got the better of me. So uh, you and I head-to-head again this year. Who comes out on top? But you did quite well yourself last year. I think you were close to a top 1,000 finish and for a large part of the year sat inside that 
top 1,000. So hopefully for those listening and watching, we can tap into that again uh, this year. Before we do get into the bulk of tonight's episode, uh, again, a reminder, follow us across the socials at Supercoach365. Big month coming up. You don't want to miss it. Tommy, before we do dive into all of that, let's talk some news. You mentioned the shorter off-season there, the Rugby League World Cup, and uh, obviously the impacts of that. But there is no bigger impact upon this season than news this week that Ryan Pappenhausen is still yet to run after suffering that shattered kneecap in July of now last year. So that's incredible news. It is, and it's disappointing. Obviously, it's a pretty traumatic injury. So it's not a great surprise to see him taking a while to come back. And this is on the back of other injuries he's had in the past two to three seasons. So, you know, unfortunately, similar to Tom Trevojevich, you know, two of the most explosive players in the game and two of the best supercoach players, are they're very injury-prone at the moment, aren't they? They are, unfortunately, and you know how much I love Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, I will die on that Ryan Pappenhausen hill, so he is hoping that he can come back fit. You would have just heard my dog barking. Now, I'm going to have to deal with this tonight. Uh, I've got a puppy. He's borderline a dog. He is still a puppy, so he may cause some nonsense in the background, but we will push on. Speaking of injuries, though, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, not the only one who's suffering ill fate. Connor Watson this week has gone down at Roosters training with a, what was suspected ACL. Um... The club has come out and said it's most likely a torn patella tendon, but still, that's not good news. He could be out for up to six or even nine months. Yeah, it's a brutal blow for him personally. Going back to his old club, uh, where are we expecting him? Where, where are we expecting him to play for the Roosters this year? Was he a big loss in terms of Super Coach? Maybe not a loss, but maybe it's someone else's gain. We might get into that a little bit later around that number nine role at the Roosters and probably no secrets who we're talking about there. Uh, on, on a positive front, though, this week, and for Bulldogs fans, Matt Burton has re-signed at the club until the end of 2027. That's a big boost for a club who's struggled in recent times to lock up his services. Yeah, it, it's a bit surprising to me, considering he's only been there for a season now. Um, I don't know when his initial contract was meant to end. Probably should know that before coming on a podcast, do some research. But yeah, it's it's great for the Dogs fans and players to have that certainty that a player that you can build a club around like Matt Burton is going to be there for another five seasons. And he is, he's on an upward trajectory, isn't he? He obviously won the comp with Penrith in 2021. Uh, I think he got centre of the year at the Dally M's that year. Made his origin debut in 22. Played at the World Cup last year as well. Um, influential down that left side with Bulldogs teammate Josh Adokar. Now he's going to link up again with a former teammate, a Panthers teammate, as it were, in Billy Kickout down that left side. So let's see how that combination plays out. Of course, uh, speaking of Matty Burton, I'm going to do a bold prediction at the back end of the podcast around his fortunes this year. I think he's in for a massive year. Speaking of signing news, not sure you're building a club around Tessie New, but uh, good news for the Dolphins. They've locked up another one, a former Bronco again. Uh, expecting him to play at fullback or in the centres. Obviously, they'll juggle that with Hammer. Yeah, look, they've got a few like-for-like players. Not like-for-like, but players that can play many positions in the back line. Tessie has been good on his day in the past few years for Broncos, but he's also had some shockers. So, Look, it'll be interesting to see how he goes under Wayne Bennett, and we'll get into the Dolphins more in the next uh, month or so. But yeah, it's a it's a risky signing, perhaps. Speaking about the Broncos, though, you sound like a Broncos legend tonight, Darren Lockyer. You've had a big off season <laughs> on the Siggies, the Lungbusters. What's going on? <laughs> no, I'm not a smoker, but uh, we had a a bit of a big week up Gold Coast with uh, 
my mate's bucks. So yeah, possibly feeling the effects of that tonight, but uh, we power on anyway. If Tommy's not clear in the head tonight, that's why. He's uh, first up off a, a long, lengthy beer-filled spell. Uh, okay, speaking of, so will some of these players be, but uh, pre-season training is uh, well and truly on now. The run into the trials uh, is on, as we say, only five weeks away. Before we talk teams and uh, obviously we dive into the team picker, let's just have a look at the fixtures. Uh, the draw was announced, I think it was late November or early December. Uh, the biggest news, obviously, besides the, the 17th team in the Dolphins is the impact that that has and weekly buys. We're going to have to start planning for that. How does that affect our selections or your selections, Tommy? Um, before the season's even started, knowing the Dragons have a bye week one, Seagulls week two, Panthers week three, etc. Yeah, look, I have to sort of sit down and have a better think of it because by my calculations, it hasn't been a buy like this for 16 years. We weren't playing Supercoach in 2006. We were a bit young, so we haven't really had to deal with this, and a lot of the, our audience wouldn't have had to either. So it's a, definitely a new phenomenon for everybody. Uh, I guess maybe the Dragons being week one is a bit of a blessing. Maybe there's not many obvious players from the Dragons. If it had been Panthers... Yeah. It would have been interesting having to sit Cleary for the first week or work out how to get him in round two. So it'll be a week-to-week proposition and obviously looking forward in the in the fixtures in the in the next you know four to six weeks will be a huge part of uh, how you build your team. I think, as you say there, the fact that it is the Dragons, we're probably not going to be playing with a whole heap of them and maybe just one, really. Tyrell Sloan, we make no secrets of that. Purely at his price, he's cheap. He's going to be playing fullback, we think, with Cody Ramsey uh, in all sorts. And uh, obviously, uh, we don't wish anyone ill health. But Tyrell Sloan gets his chance. And uh, again, we're going to have to watch on... uh, Well, he will have to watch on week one anyway. Uh, The Seagulls week two, Tommy Turbo, he's going to be a popular pick. So as you say there, the rotation and the burning of trades, I use that term burning, but maybe it's not burning if it's... um, for profit in the end game anyway um trades and boosts i guess we're still yet to know the definitive number of how many trades we're going to have if trade boosts will still be a thing because for the most part boosts were um, added to the game to offset the impacts of covid but we didn't really have to juggle that last year no we didn't but uh, boosts certainly come in handy around the origin period i I don't obviously have any information inside info on the hell the trades are going to be uh, announced and so, things like that. But I do think we'd still get a boost around origin period, I'd imagine. Yep. There's a lot of buys through that period. In terms of total number of trades, do you think 42 was a good amount or should we go more, less? I actually think less. I think there was too many trades last year. But I think, as you say, it was a bit of a it was an indifferent year, wasn't it? Because we didn't know to what degree COVID would impact teams. And I think we got probably got a little bit lucky. But as we've seen at the Sydney Test this week, uh, Matty Renshaw, he's, he's playing in a game with COVID. It's, it's crazy to think that we've, uh, how far we've come in the last two or three years. And no doubt there's going to be rugby league players who can track COVID from February through to October. Will they be able to play? I think we'll have to wait and see as to how the game handles it. But Cricket Australia and the ICC, they've set a benchmark now and it's play on it seems. Yeah, look, I think and hope that COVID isn't much of a factor. Yeah, I don't think it will be and probably means you could have less trades. But then again, the extra amount of buyers maybe means you could have more. So maybe 42 is a good number. That's what I would say. But uh, it remains to be seen. I thought 42 was fine and I still ran out of trades with a few weeks to go. So what does that tell you? Yeah. That's why I love this time of year because everyone's got an opinion. None of them are 100% right. None of them are 100% wrong. 
someone can say something and you know who who are we or who are i or who am i to question it um i love this time of year because you can say something and if it you know if it sticks against the wall you're a genius if not it doesn't matter um speaking of that looking at this draw is there anything which stands out to you initially anyone who got an easy run in inverted commas a hard run particularly looking at that first maybe four to six weeks where we are targeting cheapies and trying to make some cash yeah, well, I know you're big on this one, and I probably won't steal your thunder too much here. But just touching on that first, you know, month or two of the comp, I think the Cowboys do have a very good run. Mm. Um, I think some of their players, price dependent, of course, will be pretty popular in that first period. And you can elaborate on how you think they'll go this year. Yeah, actually, you know what? Well, I've said here, I think they've got the best first two months. Uh, and we're going to talk all of this and, and drill much deeper than we are tonight in terms of the team by team and how they're going to fare throughout the season. But let's start with the Cowboys while we're on the topic. Round one, at home to the Raiders. Uh, then they're at Suncorp uh, against the Broncos, at home to the Warriors, at home to the Titans, uh, away to the Bulldogs. But again, not a going off the past seasons anyway, not an overly daunting fixture, that one. Uh, round six, back at home against the Dolphins, then away to the Warriors, then home to the Knights. I mean, that's a pretty cushy draw for a team which was dominant from large parts of 2022. So I think that's the best first eight weeks in the competition, and I will be making uh, affordances for, for Cowboys players early on. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue with. Um, on paper, at the moment, that looks like an easy run, but we can only go off what we know and what we think. But then yeah. you just think back to last year, and I do remember the night before... Well, the week before uh, the season started, we were all keen on the Roosters. We loaded our team with Roosters players, home to Newcastle, round one, 3 p.m., and they, they shit the bed, for lack of a better term. They did yeah. absolutely nothing, and we were all burnt. So you just don't know until the season starts what games are easy and what ones aren't. Yeah, that was uh, that was, that was was tough, especially for, for me, who was riding the Newcastle death train last year. Uh, still looking at this, though, uh, some other things which stood out for me. The fact that the Broncos, across the 24 weeks or 27 weeks, including the bye, they leave Queensland just seven times. Um, they have a lot of away games, coincidentally, at Suncorp, against the Dolphins, uh, obviously a Queensland team, but uh, at Magic Ground, I think they play the Seagulls uh, in Brisbane at Suncorp as the away team. Um, they're away to the Rabbitohs at the Sunshine Coast in round 21. So it's just it's just a little quirk of the draw. The Broncos only leave Queensland seven times in 27 weeks. It's, it's a good result. It definitely is. Uh, that's huge. Much less travel for them over a long season. Um Especially in the first seven weeks, it's a great start. I don't know if there's many Broncos players I'll be looking at, but that's still not decided. Uh, what about some of these day games? Uh, I was having a look at some of your analysis that you've you've definitely put a lot of work in this off season. I'll give you more than I have. Uh, the Bulldogs, 18 out of 24 day games this year. So <laughs> your players like Burton and Josh Edokar, huge. Give me one sec. I was going to yell at this dog. Okay, um, <laughs> you're right. If we like, you say analysis there to that degree, I just thought it would be interesting to again look at the quirks of the draw and if there are any advantages, bro. This dog, um, they do have 18 of 24 day games. So when they say day games, it's either the Sunday 2 p.m. Sorry, the Saturday 3 p.m., Sunday 2 p.m., Sunday 4 p.m. So they're kicking off in daylight. So obviously Sunday 4 p.m. they are going to play under lights for some portion of that game. But I think the likes of Adokar, 
Uh, Kikau, obviously, down that side. Uh, Burton as well. Avarello, who hit some form last year. I think they're going to be a great daytime footy team. Um, if they can find a, a quick and speedy number nine, and obviously Flano has a running game as well, I think they can just march on. So I, I'm looking at that for the Bulldogs, just trying to find an angle there. Conversely, Panthers, they're the primetime prime time Panthers, 21 of 24 games at night. So we know they handle big occasions and you know on the big stage. I don't think it plays a factor, but again, just, just an influence of the TV influence upon uh, the draw. I think it's a very interesting point that you've you've sort of worked out here with these sort of stats. Because you think about it during the season, particularly in draft, we put a lot of emphasis into who we're going to captain on the time of week they're playing. Like 3 p.m. Saturday is often a game you look to target the super coach for some high, high scores. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a big consideration for Penrith. They've probably had a lot of night games the last few years being one of the best teams in the comp, so I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. But it's definitely something to consider. You think of those teams that love daytime footy, you th- or those players at least, you know, you think your South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, Alex Johnston. Again, South's much like uh, Penrith, probably punished in inverted commas for their success in terms of when they play. Uh, they play a lot of night games, and they also have the bye in round 26. So you mentioned draft there. Again, we won't elaborate to what degree, but Latrell, his value, it has to be diminished somewhat because... You pick him up, first four picks, you know he's not playing the grand final. Yeah, it's huge. It, it honestly is bigger, I guess, not so much for Classic, but or maybe for Classic as well, sorry, because that's I think the grand finals are the same, round 26. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just huge either way. Uh, obviously, he's going to give you some massive scores throughout the year, but he's going to be missing on probably the most important year, uh, important week of the year. And before we wrap it up, uh, before we do start talking team pickers, it would be remiss of us not to mention the Dolphins. Obviously, uh, my team, I I bleed red. I always have and I always will. And the Raiders, in your sense, look, origin popular. I think these two teams are going to be two teams which uh, not just you and I look towards, but every super coach for that matter, look towards Dolphins players, Raiders players, no matter where they are on the ladder. Because between round 12 and 20... These two teams each only have one buy. Now, some teams in that period have two, and I think, if I'm not wrong, maybe a couple even have three. So that is massive, having players on the park throughout that origin window in inverted commas between rounds 20 to uh, 12 to 20, rather. Definitely. I think that's that's probably one of the biggest takeouts from this talk, um, the fact that you're going to have two teams in that, that long period of time who only have that one week off. But probably on the flip side, I don't know if Dolphins and Raiders players are going to be that popular in Supercoach. But yep. during that part of the year, they definitely become of more value. Yeah, I mean, it helps, especially if you're looking to pick your team from day one with some of those players. Maybe it's, I know, Hammerso will be a popular pickup. Uh, maybe Ray Stone from the Dolphins, cheap price if he's back from his ACL. Tom Gilbert at the front row. Um, if you're going cheap, Isaiah Katoa. And for the Raiders, maybe it's a Jared Croker. You're hoping he gets a run at center wing at around 250 or 280K. I don't know. I just think it's a little quirk there. We can definitely look towards it and that origin window. And I know not only you and I will, I know plenty will uh, for that matter. Obviously, we'll dive deeper in our team-by-team previews as well as our player positional previews um, into the impacts of daytime footy, nighttime footy, uh, who has the buy when and origin periods etc 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 Tommy let's talk team picker though because 
Look, it's that, that's why we're here tonight. The team picker opened, I think it was, when was it? December? It's a while ago. I only did mine recently. I was trying to, you know, give myself a mental break of footy just to try and come in fresh to the year. But uh, I was watching some classic games on Fox Fox League during the week and it got me back buzzing for it. Yeah. So I've done my team. But uh, let's get into it. We were burnt out, weren't we? Towards that back into last year, it was, it was a long slog. And this year's going to be a longer probably more grueling mentally taxing slog but we we just have to we have to push through um all right let's let's talk teams and why don't we talk uh yours to start i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We bring it up here now. Obviously, uh, if you are listening to this on the podcast, bear with us. Um, Why not jump over to YouTube and watch from about 19 minutes onwards. It's going to be well worth your time and your efforts uh, to do that. Tommy, this is your team up on screen here now. This is the Doja Cats for season 2023. This is how they start. Let's start at number nine, the top of the screen there. Uh, who have you gone for it uh, at the hooker slot? It won't be called the Doja Cats this year, just saying. She's gone real weird. But anyway, um, yeah, wow. Harry Grant. Breaking I news. Think he, yes. Yeah. Uh, Harry Grant. First picked for me. Uh, straight away, I picked him. I think he yep. is a genuine must-have. My first sort of must-have. It's probably only four or five, but I think he is one of them. There's no one. There's no reason that he won't be playing 80 minutes pretty much every week this year. There's been a few issues in the past few years as to things that could stand in his way, but there's nothing this season, I don't think. So I just have to play him. He's the best hooker in the game, best hooker on super coach. He's in the team. January 7... 9 p.m. We have our first must-have. Look, I don't disagree. I look, I don't disagree. And to be honest, I thought much the same. I just think who, and obviously we can see it here. You've got. Uh, well, tell us before we go into it. Who's, who's your backup hooker? Yeah, look, this is subject to change, obviously. But Josh Hodgson, I've gone with him. Just uh, stepping into still a decent Eels side. Hopefully, he can get through somewhat injury-free just at the price. He's showed glimpses, obviously, in his career of being a good super coach player, but yeah. you're taking a lot of grains of salt. So, he's not set in stone at all, but he's just there for now. Okay, so Harry Grant, Josh Hodgson, you spent about a million dollars there, uh, give or take, on those two. Obviously, Harry Grant, he's the pick of the bunch. I think he had about a 80 average last year. Again, um, give or take a little bit there. For me, and we'll get to mine soon, the reason why I haven't picked Harry Grant um, to this point is because you're really limited either at that backup hooker slot or if you are going to spend and go two guns, be it a, 
Robson, uh, Damian Cook, or even Brandon Smith, you are spending upwards of $1.1 million. So it is it is a lot, and potentially even $1.3 million at hooker. It uh, doesn't leave you much elsewhere, but we'll get into that as uh, we push on. Uh, tell us who your front rowers are. Yeah, I'm pretty keen on Tarpane again. I just think he got into that rhythm last year of playing big minutes, great output. Mm. They have a good run through the buy periods, as we've already mentioned. So I think that's an extra tick for Tarpane. And then I've gone a little bit wide with my other main forward, uh, Yutoka Manu from the Tigers. Uh, he was obviously didn't do much last year, but I just I really like the Tigers this year. Um, we'll get into bowl predictions later. But I think he can go a lot better. Uh, Aaron Penne and now on the bench uh, I was keen on Penne last year at the Warriors he's back to Melbourne just a smoky okay um, and Finau pardon me I, I've never heard of him so he's, he's a genuine nuff like you you are playing two. with yeah you're playing with um, two and a bit front rowers there Tarpane, the 25th best supercoach asset in the league last year, an average of 66.48. He was phenomenal to end the year, wasn't he? From around around 16, 17 onwards, just constant scores. He had that injury back end of the year with the ribs, but if he stays fit, and as you say, they're playing big winners, no reason why he can't equal that average around 66 uh, or better that even still. Uh, In your back row here, I know you love this guy, Angus Crichton. I think most years you start with Angus in your team. Yeah, I do, and I did last year, and he really didn't do a lot. So I'm hoping that he can go a bit better this year. Uh, Luciano Lelua, he's definitely not set in stone either, but I just did want some Cowboys flavour in the team, and I thought he was maybe better value than some of the other players. Yep. Uh, Kelmatua Lungi, this is another left-field pick, to be honest. But I, I was a big fan of this guy at the Tigers when they were going okay to start the year. But yeah. he's going to a new club in Manly. I just think at the price, uh, he could hit some form, and I'm, I'm I'm actually quietly confident that's not a bad pickup. I've gone very skinny on my bench here, and this is probably silly, but Trey Mooney, Maverick Geyer, who was, I don't know if he comes into the team now that Kikau has gone. I don't know what happens there. Will it be Luke Garner? Will it be Maverick Geyer? Not mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And Viliami Fafita, that's a genuine enough. Okay, just going to wind this back a little bit. Angus, I, I don't disagree with. I think that the Roosters have a pretty good run to start the year and somewhat fixture-proof Angus there. You know he's going to do a job regardless of who they're turning up against, but he had a great World Cup even. Um, big year, an origin player. Can't disagree there. 600k, you are spending a bit. Uh, Luciano, Luciano Leilura, I should say, obviously uh, subject to whether or not he gets off. I think he's under some assault charges. Um, yeah. Anyway, that is that is a fair point. So subject to whether he gets off, if he's if he's there and playing, I I don't disagree. He's outside Tommy Dearden, who I love. I love the Cowboys. Love love the Cowboys. Uh, Kalmatulangi, look if he can get some decent footy down that left side off. Uh, we assume it's Schuster going to play five eight, but look what uh, the other back row has done on the other side. Olakawatu, just mainly you know they're going to hit their back rowers short, so he could be a try scoring asset. There, your bench, it is very thin. Let's not waste any time there. Let's move to halfback because you've not mucked around here either. It's just gone bang, bang, and uh, yeah. you've, you've made light work of uh, picking your halfbacks. It wouldn't have taken you too long. No, half my cap in my halfback slot, basically. There are others you must have here, Cleary and Hines. Um, they're probably the two best players in Supercoach at the moment. Um, I just 
what more can you say about these two, really? They're going to churn out big scores. They're the focal point of both their teams' attack. And both teams look like having good seasons again. So I really think you have to have both. Nico Hines priced at an 85.7 average, call at 86, $788,000. Nathan Cleary, uh, 79 average, $734,000. So, look, I said we'll talk our draft chat a little bit later, but if we are picking a draft team or a draft order, a mock draft, everyone I've asked at this point says it's a no-brainer that Cleary goes number one. Is it a no-brainer for you that, that Cleary is picked above all others? Oh, I think he has to be first, yes. It's not a no-brainer. Like, I think Hines has a decent shout as well. But, you know, Cleary had a few issues last year in terms of suspension and maybe mm. things like that brought his numbers down slightly. But all things being equal, I still think he's the top dog. Uh, they've lost a few weapons, I guess, the Panthers. But I'm still banking on him to have a, a big season. Okay, let's move on to your 5.8s. Um, and you've spoken about your love, your new love obsession for the West Tigers. I never thought I'd hear you say that, that you're keen on the West Tigers, but you are and you're keen on their number six. Yeah, Adam Dewey. Um, I'm sure you remember as well as anyone how good he was in 2021 on Supercoach. I remember you had him in your draft team and yeah. he was absolutely immense. Uh, completely disregard last season with injury. Uh, he's back this year. He'll be starting six, I'd imagine, with Brooks in the halves. And, I, yeah, I do, I do like the Tigers' signings this year. I think they have a big season. Uh, and Josh Schuster is my other one, as we like to say, purely at the price, 210000 Yeah, I think he'll be very highly owned. Yeah, love Adam Dewey. Goal kicker as well. They'll probably kick more goals this year than they have the past couple of years. So massive tick for Adam Dewey. Uh, I hope he plays six. There's been some whispers around that he's been training in the centres and Dane Laurie's been at six. I think that would be fucking farce. Um, he's a, he's the best player at the club. He should be the captain. Um, Josh Schuster at six. Did you consider putting uh, Josh Schuster in your 2RF? Because I think at the price, as you say, purely at the price, there aren't many other playing 2RF eligible players at $210,000. Did you consider putting him up there or why have you gone to him at number six? Because I was doing this and getting all excited, I probably didn't think it through enough. I just wanted him in the team. But um, yeah. no, you're right. I think you make a good point there. At the price, you'd probably rather him taking up a, a second row or slot rather than your six. So that, that's a fair point. Um, we'll go into my wings and centers. Uh, I found this really hard. I found this the hardest position to fill. Yeah. I went with me at the start. Just think he's going to get that, obviously, that position at fullback with Paps out. If Paps is only going to miss a few weeks, well... Maybe I'll reconsider that, but we'll just have to wait and see. Josh Adokar, we both spoke about the Bulldogs having day games. I want to be on the end of Burden's kicks, so yep. he gave me Adokar. Yep. And then I've got a lot of cheapies here, and this will obviously change when team lists come out and depending on who gets picked. But Charles Nickel Clockstad at the price, if he gets the fullback role at Warriors, which is expected to, he can do a job. And Harley Smith Shields, this is a my first roughy, real roughy of the year. He yeah. was a great player for Raiders coming through. He did his uh, ACL at the start of last season, so we didn't get to see him, but I think he's in for a big year. If he can win a spot, he'll be he'll be scoring really well. He's sort of a high base player, I'd imagine. And yeah, then he's, he's, I know you spoke he's, he's, about... Is he sorry. a centre, Tommy? Is he a centre or winger? I think he's built more like a centre, but it just depends where he can slot into the team. We have a lot of outside backs. Um, there are just some roughies on the bench. I think you're all keen on... Taware, I don't know how you say his name, from the Dolphins. 
and then the other two, who knows? Yeah, Carpenter so re- and Howell. Yeah. Valtafaro, the Dolphin, look, I, I don't know if he gets a run, to be honest. Uh, at the price, 175k. You're not going to find anyone better, I don't think. And obviously, um, Khan Pereira there from the uh, from the Titans, who you've got as well, 175,000. Supposedly, these guys are going to get a run. Uh, if you're listening to The Whisperer, if you're listening to NRL.com, uh, apparently did a big sit-down with Gold Coast Channel 10. If that means anything, um, we'll take any information this time of year. Jack Howarth. I keep hearing how good this kid is. Um, his YouTube highlights are great. What I don't like about it, and I can't remember if I picked him. If I did, I'm not expecting him to, to figure much, if at all. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I get to Team List Tuesday and he's named there starting second row. But on the website for the Storm, again, just leaving some cryptic clues around, he's listed as a center. So they've they've got a pretty handy center in... Um, Justin Olam on the left. Remus Smith comes back on the right. Remus has had a couple of injury woes, but we've seen even they've been inclined last year to play Tyrone Wishart in the centres above Jack Howarth. So where he is in that pecking order, I don't know. Um, we'll find out in the trials in round one. Tommy, round us up here with your fullbacks. Yeah, well, I was fully set to pick Teddy in the trial, but then I saw the price of uh, 504000 and I'm pretty sure we were paying well into seven figures for him at the start of last season. Yeah. So how can you not have him at 500K? I've got him and Teddy. That's for me. That's going to be a very popular um, back two, I think, or, or back fullbacks, a pair of fullbacks. $1.3 million Turbo was last year to start. So suddenly you're getting him at, I don't know, definitely more than half the price. Um, so that's your 25 players selected. Uh, $15,000 remaining. Obviously, look, it's January 7. Things are going to change. Uh, we'll update this as the trials happen as well. Trials, as we say, middle of February. So we're going to get footy very early this year. Valentine's Day on hold for the misses. Trial footy awaits. Okay, let's do mine while we're here. This is uh, the Battlers of 2023, at least the, the Battlers of January. Um. Where do we want to start? We should start a hooker just to keep it consistent, shouldn't we? Uh, my love affair for the Cowboys, it's continuing. My love affair for Reese Robson, it's continuing. I've I've rated this kid since 2018. He's phenomenal. I think he can play Origin this year. He'll be in the conversation. I know he made the squad last year. I really, really rate him. $592,000. If he finished the year as the top hooker, at least second best hooker, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, the Cowboys, a great run. If he doesn't play Origin, which again, is, he's probably an outside chance. He's good enough, but he probably won't get picked behind um, Cook and Appy. The Cowboys don't have a buy until round 15. That is incredible. You've got one of the greatest hookers on Supercoach from last year, backing up for 15 straight weeks or 14 straight weeks in 2023. Reese Robson for mine. Um, and Brandon Smith at $417,000. I was happy to be against Brandon um, up until this Connor Watson news. I think I get more value in other positions out of my team for having Brandon and not having Harry Grant. If he can rediscover his best form at 417-odd K, it's it's a great buy. Yeah, we'll start with Reese Robson. Um, I obviously said Harry Grant was the best option, but second to him, I would have Robson as well. Um, I'm believing in... You've definitely been talking him up for years. I'll, I'll give you that. And it's starting to come to fruition. Uh, he's playing really well. He was a, a very important uh, aspect of the Cowboys team last year. 
And like you said there, he's going to play 14 straight games until a bye. So yeah. that's a massive selling point. Is Brandon Smith not a dual position? Because no. According to the, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, he loses that 2RF slot, which is... He played most of last year, you know, at prop or in the middle. So, yeah, maybe a slight knock on Brandon. Again, why I was happy to be against him, but I just think as we go on to this team, for those uh, listening or those watching, you can obviously see the full team. So we'll push on. Um, in the front row, I tried to go as cheap here as possible. Um, cheap within reason. There isn't really any... Uh, front row forwards much like your Max Kings from last year your Josh Kings from last year who really stand out so uh, on the on the front row slots I, I've put in Tommy Gilbert for the moment dual position eligible I'm hoping he plays lock for the Dolphins and Christian Welch coming back off that uh, Achilles rupture last year he's had 12 months to get his body right I have no concerns about that he's an origin level player you're getting him for 400,000 I think it's I think it's a bargain really yeah, no, I'm with you on uh, Christian Welch. I definitely considered him. Just just couldn't afford him with other people. But uh, even before he got injured last year in that first game, he did so much work in that first half. Um, yeah. So And he's so important to that club. You know, he's one of the leaders. So he's going to be, obviously, with Bromwich leaving, the Bromwich brothers leaving, he's going to be, you know, top dog in the forward pack. And Tommy Gilbert, I looked at him too. Um, will he pay prop or second row, do you think, for the Dolphins? I'm, I I hope he plays lock. I think he'll play prop. So I'd rather him be 13. If he's in the prop rotation, it's not it's not a good as buy as that. So let's just uh, keep a watch on him for the trials. Um, looking at here uh, at the second row forward slot. Uh, sorry, before we do uh, my bench, uh, Ben Murdoch Masilla from now the Dragons uh, says uh, Warriors there, but he will be a Dragon this year. And Davi Moale from South. So I think two players there playing minutes. Not not enoughs outright uh, second row forwards let's move on here Paddy Carrigan for, for me 570k he just continues to grow he's got a bit of an aura about him 570k he can better that even um, I had to go cheap around him though Ray Stone there from the Dolphins as well 215k for Ray Stone coming off an injury uh, Josh Schuster as well for me in the 2RF slot on the bench uh, Jermaine Hopgood Jack Williams, and maybe a surprise pick here, Tyron Peachy, 252k. I think he can I think he can have a real impact at Penrith this year. Where's he going to play for Penrith? Because he's he's blacklisted for me on Super because I've picked him many times and he's never done anything for me, but where do you have him at Penrith? I think he's the Dylan Walker type role, like off the bench, through the middle, causing havoc, you know, tired forwards, etc. You look at the amount of damage that they do off the bench. Uh, previously, it was Sorensen, um, Leniu, Mitch Kenny. Uh, you know, these sort of mobile guys that come on and, and they either score tries or they have a role in tries. Peachy could be that guy for me. He's priced at around 28 points per game. Look, he's probably not smashing that out of the park, but consistently he might get a 30, he might get a 40, he might score a try. I think he can make some coin, so... Jack Williams to the Sharks. I think they've had a couple move on as well. 216k. I'm hoping he gets a run. Probably not too much to say there. Uh, well, you've got lots of cheap options, but they all have merit. Like I, I don't, I can't knock any of them. Obviously, we already spoke about Schuster being a good option. You've got him in the in the tour F slot, which I think is probably smarter than five eighths. And Paddy Carrigan, sort of similar to Robson. You've always been big on Carrigan, and he paid you dividends last year. I'm sure he'll go big again. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going back to the Carrigan well. I think he can better that average from last year. I hope he does anyway. And we saw him. He was What was he, man of the series in origin last year? Come on. Yeah, he had a coming-of-age year last year, and why not again this year, really? The Brisbane aren't any weaker for it, so good luck to him. I'm going to say it. January 7. We haven't done our bold predictions yet, but both Fermor will play origin this year. I said Carrigan and Fermor last year. I'm getting in early. Both Fermor, he will be there somewhere for Queensland this year. Paddy Carrigan as well. Uh, at halfback, again, no surprises here. Nico Hines, Nathan Cleary. I think you've said it all. They're probably going to lose money, but I'm happy to be with them. Penrith having the bye in round three. It makes me think you want a gun halfback there playing um, that same week for when Cleary's not playing. The Sharks that week away to Canberra, not a great fixture, um, but the week when Sharks have the bye, which is round six, Panthers at home to Manly, it's it's just a nice combination. I think they support each other well there. Yeah, they do, and I guess the only knock on this combination is the fact that Hines has lost that dual position. Obviously, yep. he definitely should have. He hasn't played fullback for two years now, but... You know, last year you could vice-captain one of them and captain the other. This year, you won't be able to. So that's probably one thing to consider. But again, I think you probably have to play with both. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that because, um, like we said, at the fullback slot, I think it's going to be very popular, like you said, and you can see it here now. I've gone for Teddy and Turbo as well. We'll get to that later. But there is not that flexibility to carry a Jerome Hughes this year and run a, uh, a Hines at fullback. Uh, pushing on, though, at 5'8". Matty Burton, we've already spoke about him at the top of the show. Coming off origin, uh, coming off a World Cup win. He's just signed his uh, deal for the next five years. His life's settled. He's the man now at uh, at Belmore. I think he can be a Dally M winner. Because he's going to have his fingerprints over everything they do well. If the Bulldogs are winning games, he picks up at least two points. We saw what Ben Hunt could do in a probably worse team last year. There's no reason for mine why Matt Burton can't be right in the conversation for a Dally M this year. 520k, I want him in my Supercoach team. Look, I can't knock it. I went Dewey, but honestly, it was him or Burton for me at the prices, and I just went Dewey maybe a bit more proven on Supercoach. I don't know, but yeah. it's personal preference there. Burton, absolutely agree with you. They've got good daytime fixtures, which would be nice for how they like to play. I love watching his kicking game. He's getting better at goal kicking as well. So, yeah, big yeah. ticks all round. Uh, Tommy did, and though, talk me through that one. He's more expensive than Burton. You think he's good for, like last year, wasn't a fluke, in your opinion? No. And much like Robson, I think he just, just that fixture run, and he won't play Origin this year. I think he only played last year because Munster had COVID or someone was injured. He's not playing Origin. He's not getting ahead of Cherry Evans. Sam Walker's probably, um, well, I'm not going to say Sam Walker's in front of him. If Munster's fit, Munster plays six. If Cherry Evans isn't fit, maybe Sam Walker plays seven. I don't think Dearden plays seven. Anyway, um, Dearden for mine. I'm yeah, I'm big on Dearden. I'm probably bigger on Dearden than I am on Burton. So I would probably flip these two around. Uh, Dearden, and as you can see down further in my center wing slot, Valentine Holmes. You know, high ceiling players really. That left side from the Cowboys. I'm massive on it. Um, yeah, Dearden will, will be amongst that. Let's talk center wings. Valentine Holmes, I think I was massive on him to finish last year. He went on a massive... Uh, oh, I keep saying massive. He went on a big run. A um, couple of scores, 100-plus to finish off 2022. Again, fixtures. I just want to be with him. Yeah, look, I said the Cowboys. I wanted Cowboys flavor. I only really got Luciano Lua. 
But Holmes is, is hard to say no to, and I can see already you've got Holmes, Dearden, and Robson. Mm. Uh, when the Cowboys have that nice, easy run that we think it's going to be easy, you know, you're going to be looking pretty pretty good with those names. Uh, Isaac Thompson, the Hammer, Remus Smith, uh, all we've gone sort of similar here in terms of one big name and then a lot of sort of cheaper options. Yeah. Um, do you think a lot of people play like that? Because I think the money is better spent elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're not going Val, you're probably going Brain I think I've seen Brain in a lot of teams already. If you're not going Val, if you're not going Brian, another smoky, Murray Talangi. For me, if you can't afford Val, you look at Murray Talangi. I think I put up this stat on our Instagram the other day. Um, the amount of tries scored by left wingers, he's obviously a part of that. Um, I'll read it out for you now. Seven of the NRL's top 10 leading try scorers last year were left-sided wingers. Obviously, that was Alex Johnston, Corey Oates, Murray Talangi with 17 tries. Um, they combined for 132 tries, which was across the league, about 9% of all tries scored by uh, Talangi, Molotalo, Taylor May, Josh Adokar, and Daniel Tupo. So if you're not getting Val, you can get Murray Talangi for about 500k even. I think it's probably a good workaround to get that Cowboys flavor if you can't afford the goal-kicking Valentine Holmes. Yeah, no, fair call. Uh, Talangi was probably the biggest surprise last year for me like before last season he was a fringe first grader almost really yeah. but then he became one of the best wingers in the comp in the space of six months so that was pretty awesome to see uh on your bench at the moment in the wing spot talao sloan and alamotti i've heard of alamotti so maybe he's a, a decent enough maybe more than enough i'm not sure sloan like you said is a good chance to get that fullback slot i'm not sure he's ever done much on Supercoach, really yeah. Similar to the Hammer, I don't think they have any base stats. To, but Hold on. they are going to get the chance. There's, just bear with us here. Um, yeah, Tyrell Sloan, look, he, he he needs tries. Dragons, they might not get many of them. But he is, he is very attacking, so much like Ben Hunt, if you were forced into a Dragons asset, it's probably Tyrell Sloan. What about that shit article the other day in the Telegraph? Paul Crawley. <laughs> Fucking garbage. He said, The Dragons' hopes depend on Tyrell Sloan. The kids played 13 first grade games, and he could not He could barely get a run last year. I think he played five games last year out of necessity. They didn't want to pick him last year. It's too much pressure to put on him. I'm, if he gets a run, I'm happy, but I'm not expecting massive things out of Tyrell Sloan. Oh, I can't believe he's only played 13 games. It feels like he's been around for a long time. I guess he's just been in and out of the team so often. Uh, that first season he played, he looked like a really promising player. Maybe it didn't kick on last year, but then he was thrown on the wing a few times, and he's clearly not a winger. So, yeah, look, at a f with a full season at fullback, if he gets that, I yep. still think there's scope for some really good potential there. Very quickly, let's wrap this up. Obviously, Isaac Thompson there, again, an asterisk. I'm hoping he gets that right-wing spot at Souths ahead of Tane Milne. And Remus Smith, again, we just think he slots back into that right center role. 276K for Remus. And at fullback, I've already said it, James Tedesco, Tom Travojevic. I did like the look of Luttrell. I just think South's draw, it's probably not as good as the Roosters. Um, they have a really tough run, Souths, to start the year. Just looking at it here now, away to Sharks, away to Penrith, away to the Roosters, home to Manly, home to Storm. That's a pretty tough first five, uh, five weeks. They're playing, realistically, it could be four 
top four teams in the first five weeks. It's not an easy run. Yeah, look, I am worried a little bit. I don't have any South players from memory. So, you know, Walker and Mitchell and Johnston, you know, if they have a field day on the left-hand side, I'm going to be in a world of hurt because I've got none of them. But then again, like you're saying there, the first five weeks are very tricky. So I'm happy to, I guess, risk it. And Turbo, yeah, I agree at the price. He should almost be 100% owned, really. Sticking to that theory about Souths wanting to play day games and, and not succeeding so well at night, all of those games we just mentioned there, all nighttime games. So, you know, you're not getting your Cody Walkers playing on a fast, dry track um, when you're playing at night, you know, as autumn turns. Has autumn turned to winter? I don't know. Anyway, I'll do my own research on that. Um, but you get what I'm saying. The, the chill comes across the ground from March to April, heading into Easter. Coincidentally, they don't play their first day game until Good Friday. So that tells you, um, you know, the six weeks into the competition before they meet the Bulldogs in the sun, for what that's worth. No, look, I 100% agree with you. They're a day, day footy team. They're kind of flat track bullies, and it looks like no flat tracks in that first five weeks. So... I guess a reason to go against, but I wouldn't be, you know, it's still a risk playing without Latrell Mitchell, isn't it? Yeah, 97.2 points per game, his average uh, from when he came back from Bill Knowles. Obviously, Ryan Pappenhausen over there now. Um, Bill did good things for Latrell. All right, before we go into our bold predictions, we've obviously set our teams there. Is there anyone that you that you were more than happy to dodge? Anyone that you, that you were keen to just look at them and say, no, nope, I don't want them? Well, I mean, Pap- we should mention Pappenhausen, I guess. Uh, I think he will be dodged by pretty much everyone if yep. he's not playing the early stages, but the most expensive player, and we're all going around him. So I, I guess, is it a no-brainer to go around him? Would you play, would you ever start with him? No. No, no, you wouldn't. Even if he's there around one, I don't think he kicks goals. I'll have to check. I think it's his right knee which is shattered. That's his goal-kicking leg. So even if he's playing, Nick Mean is kicking goals. Munster can't kick. So M- Munster, again, speaking of Pappenhausen, Munster, I'm happy to be against Munster. None of us picked Munster. Um, we mentioned him there. He attempted goals last year. He wasn't great. 740K, career best year last year. He had so much to prove. Um, obviously, those off-field dramas, end of 21. He was off contract. He came out, scored 11 tries last year, which was a career best since 2015. I think he played fullback 2015. I don't know how he can improve upon that. He's a great player. I love watching him play. Sounds like a Bambi. I love watching him play, but I'm happy to be against him here from round one. 740K, there's just better options there. You know, I'm with you. Uh, I think the 5-8 slot this year is so much more open than it has been in other years. I think we always were Walker Munster sort of yeah. thing. And this year, neither of us have picked either of them. So it's yeah, definitely opened up that slot. Yeah. So that's, that's good for the game, I think. It's more variety. Players like Dewey, Burton, Dearden, they're all uh, worthy sort of options. I'm just looking at the Fords. Sorry, I'm going to go one at the backs, actually. Ruben Garrick, I think he's yeah. too expensive. 649. Uh, the second most expensive winger slash centre. I mean, I guess if Turbo's fit, he's on the end of some tries, but will Turbo be fit? Uh, Garrick's uh, average from last year is 70, but a lot of that's boosted by playing fullback. He's not going to be there this year. I think as well you say there, we, we we think back to that turbo run where it was, you know, Turbo and Garrick and Saab scoring hundreds every week. According to NRL.com, again, it's it's not gospel. And but they think he's gonna play centers, Garrick. 
They think so. They think that'll be again. Yeah, I know. Garrick in centers, and the wingers would be Saab and Tuipalotu. Brad Parker may miss out, and Morgan Harper the other side. So, I mean, they're pro- it's probably not a bad. I think they're probably better off having Garrick in the centers, to be honest. Oh, look, I don't know. I'm almost speechless. Like, isn't he just a genuine winger slash fullbacker? I'd be surprised. Either way, even if he's playing the centers, I can't justify the price tag for him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one more for me, Payne Haas. Look, plenty going on around Payne Haas. It always seems to be. Now, I know this time this year is obviously very unique and uh, tragic circumstances. But Payne Haas, it seems to get to December, January, and he's always at the NRL Integrity Unit. This one, not his doing. So I'll say that. Payne Haas, he's done nothing wrong himself, but drama seems to follow him. He'll come out, he'll score 65 points per game, but you know what? I'm happy to be around him just for the fact that it's not an ideal preparation leading into the new year. The drama's around him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, once again, completely not his fault here, but I, you have to think it's a chance of impacting in what's gone on. And I, I was a bit disappointed in his scoring last year. I think he was, I think it was 50% owned at the start of last season, and he didn't do a lot for his price tag, so I'm just happy to go without him. He was just injured a lot of the time, wasn't he? I think he carried that shoulder injury or was it an ankle, and then he'd go off halfway through the game and he wouldn't come back, and then he'd play the next week, so you, you wouldn't sell him, or he'd be named, you wouldn't sell him, you'd play him, then he'd go injured off again. So anyway, Payne Haas, we won't be starting with him. Again, that's why I like Carrigan so much, because I think if Haas is a little bit just underdone or not him, his best self... Carrigan picks up the slack. All right, bold predictions. Let's get into this. We've just got a couple here. I've already gone on about the Cowboys. I think after eight weeks, they'll be no worse than six wins, two losses. They finish the top four. I don't know if that's a bold prediction, but it's a safe hit up to kick us off here. Cowboys will go well in 2023 after we both predicted them, I think, last year to get the spoon. Yeah, well, I mean, we weren't the only ones. Uh, they were pretty incredible how they managed to go on that massive run. Uh, full credit to them. Really good to see. My bold prediction, it's 12 years in the making. I think the Tigers are going to return to the top eight. I reckon they could do it this year. I reckon there's some big signings, key signing, Coruscant, Zaya Papali'i, John Bateman, Adam Dewey, hopefully back fit for the whole season. Yeah. Tim Sheen, Benji Marshall, they can just scrape home. Before we talk about those other ones, let's talk about John Bateman. Because we didn't... Obviously, he's not in the game yet, so we haven't picked him. Would you be tempted to pick someone like John Bateman? Probably only 2RF eligible, 550-odd K, we're guessing. Would you pick him first up in the NRL? He was okay at the World Cup, but would you pick him without that duel that he had at his Raiders career? No, I, I don't think I could pick him straight away. I'd want to try before you buy sort of thing and see what you're getting. Yeah. But um, you could easily be burned if you don't because, you know, we've seen on his days, he's a dynamic and damaging player and mm. he's capable of, like, ball in hand. He can put some players through gaps. So one to watch, definitely. Is he a left side back row from his Raiders days or was he right? Uh, he, he would pop up anyway, honestly. He... I don't know. It's, I think he was left, but I'm a bit salty on him. And he was he was uh, he was homesick apparently, and now he's back 18 months later. So go figure. Yeah, just thinking down that left side. If you could get that Dewey Bateman combo, it could be tempting. Um, assuming Dewey plays left, of course. For me, again, I don't know if this is bold, but 
I think every year we expect the premiers to drop off. I think we did last year. We thought Penrith. They probably we thought they'd win again. I think that we, we did say that they'd win again. To people tipping them to miss the four, to miss the eight. I think they they make top two again. Quite simply, really. Um, look, they lost. They've lost Kikau. They've lost uh, Coruscant. But they find a way. Like much like the Storm when they went through that golden era. They just it's next man up. They lost Burton. They replaced him with Isaac Tungo. He was nearly you know rookie of the year. I think he would have went close. Uh, Sonny Luke, Mitch Kenny, they're not happy Coruscant, but they'll do a job. Cleary gets better. Luai has a chip on his shoulder, you know, after he ruined Brando's best man speech. But that'll just be top two. So put it in the books now. Penrith will finish with a home final. Yep, hard to argue, really. They have lost some players, but they have enough quality to be there again. Uh, I think the Storm they had a rough year last year by their standards. Uh, bundled out early in the finals. They never really got going last year. I think they're back to top two this year. Okay. I think. Hopefully, Paps gets on the field earlier rather than later. I like their f- some signings in the front, front. Uh, sorry, in the forwards, Ellie Katoa, Tarek Sims. I think they'll do both a really good job. Yep. And Christian Welch hopefully stays fit as well. He was a big loss last season, so I think they'll revert to their normal, uh, successful selves. Could be a bit of last dance about it as well if Bellamy says it's his last year. I think it could be. I don't know when he signs till. We'll check it up. We'll definitely know for the Storm preview whether whether it's his last year because that's a factor. It has to be. Um, speaking of experienced coaches, uh, Bellamy one for me, Wayne Bennett another. The Dolphins will not get the spoon. That's my bold prediction. They're the short price favourites wherever you're putting your bets on um, to finish dead last. They won't come last. They won't come last. I would say they have possibly the worst squad but I don't think they'll come last I think Bennett and the fact they're a new team they might just do enough to finish maybe 12th or something but um I don't think they're going to have an overly successful first season we'll get into them obviously in our our team previews oh, I think the Dragons will get the spoon I said that last year and they went actually pretty well for most yeah. of the year but I think I was just a year early um I, this is nothing to like about their team they seem to have off-field issues every week I, I'm just not a fan I think 2020, I predicted the Tigers to get the spoon. Oh, it might have been a year early. I think 21, they came last. I think, much like you're saying there, the Dragons, you were keen on them to, to finish poorly last year. Um, they they certainly don't get any better. Their signings, they're not improving them. Um, so, no, not a bad shout there. Just on that, quickly, before we move on to our last prediction here... Uh, you can find these markets where, in some places, you put bets on. If you if you love a bet on the footy, you're probably having a look at the futures markets. I think this is on the TAB. Um, the Dolphins' first win. Now, the the favourite for that is round five against the Dragons. So that tells you, that tells you, <laughs> the state of both teams, right? Well, I'm saying the Dolphins won't get the spoon. You're thinking the Dragons get the spoon. Betters and and the bookies are thinking that the Dolphins have to wait five weeks to get their first win, and it could be against the Dragons. Um, make of that what you will. Now, my poll prediction, probably, uh, I mean, it's January, but I've spoken about how good Matt Burton, I think he could be this year. If it's not Matt Burton winning, winning the Dally M, it'll be James Tedesco. I think he just finds his form. Forever, Teddy seems to be questioned. Is he getting older? Is he getting injured? You know, is he past his best? I think he's just hitting his prime. 
this could be a Dally M year for either Burton or Teddy. I'll take a, you know, if I'm putting a dollar down, I'd have it on each of them. Yeah, um, I don't think you can bet on that anymore, unfortunately. But um, no. I would rather be on Matt Burton than Teddy, mainly just because I think he will stand out more in the Doggies team and he'll be mm. he'll be getting the three most weeks if they're winning. Um, but I, I agree, Tedesco's a great player and he'll always be thereabouts. I, this is not really a bold prediction, to be honest. I've just gone for my Dalian pick and that's Nathan Cleary. Um, I think he's... Especially now, with Coruscant gone, Kickout gone, he's even more of the dominant player there at Penrith. And if they are to be as good as we expect, he's going to be getting three most weeks. And hopefully he doesn't get sent off and suspended for six weeks as well. It's the one thing he hasn't won, isn't it? Clear. He's won premierships, he's yeah. won Origins, he's now won a World Cup, um, he's won a Clive Churchill medal, he's yet to win a Dally M. So... Yeah, it's a great shout. All right, let's do this. Our listener Q&A as we're boarding on an hour here. First up, it's January 7. We've said a couple of times, but we will get into our Q&As from our listeners here. A massive thank you to everyone who's gone involved as well. Obviously, everyone's very keen to start talking super coach and uh, no time like the present. Let's kick it off at the top with someone else who's been gibbering on a bit about super coach this time of year, the super coach whisperer. Now, he's obviously not asking us for any advice. I think he finished top 200 last year, so he's not coming here for any tips. Uh, why is Adam Elliott the best second-row forward under 500K, and why should he be 100% owned? Now, he's obviously got a stiffy for Adam Elliott. Um, stiffy, that's a word I haven't used in about 15 years. Adam Elliott, did you even consider him Adam Elliott? Um, I looked at his name. I didn't really consider him, no. Uh, I'd probably... I'd like to hear why Whisperer thinks he's that good, I guess. I mean, he's a decent player, but I'm not sure Raiders to Newcastle is much of a lift for him. Uh, I don't know. I'm happy to go around him at the price. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a piss take. Um, He loves Adam Elliott. I mean, if he's playing lock at Newcastle, maybe not the worst shout... Um, Jack Hetherington, I think another one who didn't make either of our teams. Um, potentially Hetherington on my bench, I'm not sure. No, he didn't make it. If he's starting edge, you're probably looking at him. Dual position, 230k. Uh, Adam Elliott. If you're a part of the Adam Elliott fan club, go and listen to the Whisperers podcast. You'll get enough of that over there. Uh, Westy Bro, uh, with a West Tigers display picture here on Instagram, says, Will the Tigers finally make the eight? Uh, with Bateman, Papali'i, Coruscant, Clemmer, Staines, and Will Smith. You could pro- probably could have left Will Smith on that list. I don't know what impact he has. Um, Tommy, you've said yes. Yeah, Westy Bro's my burner account. I've actually asked that question. No, but I I, I think they can. I really do. I, I forgot to mention Clemmer earlier. I think that's a good signing. That's probably flown under the radar a little bit. So their forwards are all of a sudden looking really good. I honestly think it comes down to Luke Brooks. Uh, he's had a million chances to get it right. This is probably his best chance in a long time. If he can steer them around, uh, they could pros- possibly finish in the bottom half of the eight. Clemmer looks really fit. I know, you know, training the house down, yada, yada, yada. But he looks really great. Like, go look at the, the Tigers' Instagram. Probably the fittest he's ever looked. Um, IPAP, elite, uh, IPAP, sorry. Isaiah Papali, um, would you? I mean, he's so expensive. You probably can't play with him. But I think we sat here this time last year. We knocked him, said he'd regress and he'd go backwards, etc. But seventy-nine points per game. He is just a true super coach player. But none of us have him. Is it? Is it just at that seven hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars asking price that we just couldn't fit him in? Yeah, it's just too risky going from you know grand finalist to a team that usually gets the spoon. I guess that's 
factually what it is. I think Tigers will go well, but just not willing to, you know, bet 720 grand on it. No, um, Jay, oh, I can't even see who this is. Junior Glover. Junior Glover. Who gets the edge spots, uh, back row spots at the Cowboys, Eels, and Storm? Cowboys, look, you, you've said Leilua, obviously pending his uh, date in court, but if not Leilua, it's probably. Look, I'm going to say Mitch Dunn. I think he's probably more of a middle, but he, I mean, he's just got that first grade experience. Now Gilbert's gone. Uh, the other side, they've obviously got Nanai. Eels. We're hoping Hopgood through the middle, which would be Madison and Lane. And then the Storm, you've said Sims and uh, Katoa potentially. So, But there's, that's not all of the options there, is it? No, there's not. But I think the big one there is probably Para. I think um, the fact that IPAP's gone for Para maybe means that Madison does just sit on the edge. Mm. I'm hoping he's a better edge player I know maybe you get through more work in the middle but I think he's just better just running that line so that's maybe a tick for Madison I think you want to comp at the Roosters on that at, in 2018 is that right edge obviously Orbo was there but maybe off the bench playing on an edge okay uh, Jacob Cocciolone hope I got that right I like him bold prediction he says the Cowboys will win the comp Broncos miss the 8 and sack Kevy and Panthers finish 6-8 to eighth. Look, I probably I could probably get around the Cowboys winning the comp. Panthers, I don't think they dropped that low, and I think Broncos make the eight personally. So, Jacob, I don't know. I think um, I think some betting companies do uh custom bets. If you offered that one up, you might get a thousand to one. Yeah, custom bets, eh? What a ride that was last year. Uh, Brandon Smith. Now that Watson is out from Lil Harry. Harry W, little Harry W, Harry Want, asking that. Brendan Smith, now Watson is out. Look, I, I say yes. I, I've said yes, 417K. It's it's hard to say no to that. Yeah, the price is good. I still don't... I'm still surprised he's not at dual position. But, you know, the Watson news is huge for Brendan Smith's stocks. Okay, very quickly here, Simon Grunstein, friend of the show. Top three boom and busts of 2023. Look, we might come back to that. It's a bit hard, top of the head. Robbo, if that's a boom, we sort of know. I'm predicting big things for Robbo. Uh, Matty Burton. Uh, who else have we spoken about? Bust, I think, Munster. I think if you're going from Munster from the start, you're probably going to be disappointed. So there's there's three total, not top three, but three, three players. I'm going to say uh, boom, Dewey, definitely. Um, turbo at the price could be a boom 500 grand that could look ridiculous if yeah. he gets on a run and then probably Harry Grant as well I think he's the best player to go for at hooker bust is hard I mean Munster yeah I probably agree with that um, and who was the other person I said was overpriced Garrick Garrick yeah. I think that's yeah that's a bit silly maybe Cody Walker too I'm not convinced that he's doing much anymore these days what about David Fafita? It's taken us 64 minutes to mention his name. Um, yeah. 65 points per game average, $602,000. He's just a lazy fucking... I don't know. He just sits on an edge and he just... You know what I mean? He's just a yeah. frustrating player to watch. I don't want him at that price. I don't... I don't um, in our you know, group chats and chats on Facebook, talking about Supercatcher last year, I don't think it was a player that... We probably bagged out more than Fafita 
watching him play is just frustrating to view. So he's a tough hold, isn't he? It's just because we know he can be so good. You know, you know he could be the best. He could literally be the best rugby league player we've ever seen. If he wanted to be. No, okay, maybe that's a bit of a stretch. He could be the most damaging forward and score 20 tries a year if he wanted to do it. Anyway. Yeah, I could write a book about what I think about Fafita. Like, I think he's harshly judged because he was paid 1.2 mil. That's not really his fault. Mm. So, yeah, it's not all his fault, you know. We just expect him to be amazing. And he is good. Don't get me wrong. He's a very good player, but he's not. maybe he's not that good. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He could be wearing that Raiders jersey of yours very soon if, if what we're hearing is true. Uh, okay, let's get through a couple more here before this wrap uh, before we wrap this up. Uh, this one from K Rudd. I don't think this is Kevin07, but he says, Is Robbo value for money if you're looking for an alternative to Grant? Yeah. We should do a Reese Robson podcast. We'll get him on. Um, we could talk for days about Reese Robson. Anyway, is he value for money? Yes, because I think he can be the best hooker in the game. Supercoach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. He's value. He's my second pick behind Grant, so yeah. Okay, um, one more here from Riley Milton. Let's wrap it up here. Uh, Hines and Cleary must-haves. Also suggestions, uh, hooker suggestions with cheese. Okay, I think we've already touched on the hookers. You use the word must-haves around Hines and Cleary. I've picked them as well, but if you weren't playing with them, let's flip this question on, on its head. If you're not playing with Hines and Cleary for whatever reason... Who's your other halfback to fill the, maybe the, the top three or top four of halfbacks if you went around those two? Yeah, I'd have Jerome Hughes next, come off the rank. Just happy to be with Storm players mostly this year. And beyond that, look, honestly, they're, they're really hard to not pick them. But if you didn't have, if you couldn't pick them, Sam Walker maybe at the price. Uh, yeah. In, on his day, he can go really big. And if we're probably keen on the Roosters this year, like a lot of people are, maybe Sammy Walker. Yeah, I, I did up uh, this um, power rankings post on our Instagram. Again, it gets people talking this time of year. That's why I love it. As I said at the top, I love this time of year because you can put anything up. And uh, and you're not wrong. I think I had, and I'm just checking it here, uh, Cleary 1, Hines 2, Mitchell uh, Mitchell Moses for me was, was third, uh, Walker 4, Hughes 5, uh, Mitchell Moses, 28 tries this last year. I think he's hurt in terms of a super coach perspective because a lot of those come from kicks. So he's not getting the line break assist, um, you know, those points. He's a great goal kicker. He, he's the third best halfback for mine. But again, at the price, $644,000. Nathan Cleary, just ninety grand more. I think I'd rather be with Cleary and Hines than, than Hines and Moses, for example. So... But Moses, for mine, would be the next the next best option. I think one of the biggest questions coming into the season is, was the Eels premiership window, like, did it end last year? Because you got Marnie and Ipat leaving. They're two of their best players, I think. Um, that that probably talked me out of players like Moses. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? That's, that's the only thing I can say. Uh we will cover off on that in the Parramatta Eels season preview. We'll get amongst that, but let's leave it there, Tommy. Massive first night tonight. Thanks for talking to Supercoach. It's great to be back. Where can they find us on the socials? At Supercoach365, as we said at the top of the show, uh, probably our best work is on Instagram. Uh, your best work, I'd have to say. Um, but yeah, no, a big, 
two months, I guess, coming up in the lead up to the season. Get your team picked and uh, follow us on YouTube as well. Subscribe. See you next time. It was a little bit short there, the intro music, outro music. We'll see you next time. We'll, we'll get that right next time as well. This is Supercoach 365 Podcast. Ryan and Tommy here with you. Follow us, subscribe, like, follow, whatever. We'll see you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market